And good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm your host, certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, coming to you live like we do every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your own personal financial situation, then this is your forum to discuss. We would love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what I'm talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to me. I'll get you right on air. 627-7979. Don't forget that area code, 757-627-7979. Wealthwave Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our clients' interests ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals. But that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m., that's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area as we can achieve your measure of financial success, because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 627-7979, whether you want to talk about Anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, TSP, IRAs, Roth IRAs, mortgage options, social security claiming strategies, all that, oh wait, estate planning too, wills and trusts, all that and more. Falls under the umbrella of personal finance. We are here to discuss tonight. 627 7979. And uh, before I jump into tonight's topic, which is going to deal with insurance, I do have a little bit of a sad announcement to make. Uh, as many listeners know, my broadcast partner, Allison DeBrill, has been on a summer sabbatical to recharge and reinvigorate. Well, it turned out to be so successful, <laughs> she decided to extend it indefinitely. Yeah, so she enjoyed her time away to travel, relax, explore other life passions so much that she's decided to step away from the workforce for the time being, and she's just gonna she's gonna take a break. So we wish her the best. I miss her already, um, and uh, we hope uh, we hope she really uh, finds her calling through this process. Uh, she's been a great addition to this show, and she was uh, great to work with for the last eight years. But I'll still be here with you every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, as usual, to dispense good, solid, objective, unbiased financial advice. And tonight we're going to do that through insurance. We're going to talk about um, the proper use of insurance in a financial plan and how to use insurance to protect your net worth. Um, so, you know, first of all, the concept of insurance is kind of simple, and I think at a high level, most people kind of get it. When you have a usually a financial 
incentive or financial um, item that you want to protect that you can't afford. Uh, if you if you, you were going to bear a financial loss that you can't afford to accept, then you transfer that risk to an insurance company. And in exchange for a relatively low premium amount that you send to the insurance company, you get a blanket of coverage over a particular risk. You know, it's most common with, with your house, your homeowner's insurance or car, uh, so that if you are in an accident, your car is totaled and it's relatively new and well, that's, you know, a thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollar item that no longer is operational and you don't have that money sitting in the bank account, well, then you go to your insurance company and say, I've had a loss, I'm submitting a claim, and I would like to be reimbursed for my damaged car. Similarly, of course, your homeowner's insurance, if you have a fire, if you have if a hurricane comes through, causes damage, um, trees fall on the house, damage a roof, flooding, yeah, that's its own category, thank you. Um, it, whatever the peril causes significant financial hardship or damage, then that's the role of insurance. Insurance should come in and make you whole to the way things were prior to the claim, or at least close to it, depending on uh, the, the structure of the policy uh, and the um, different components that make up the insurance policy. So, so that's... Uh, what we're going to talk about tonight, and there, there are a lot of commonalities with insurance, but there are also um, a fair number of distinguishing characteristics uh, that should pe people should be mindful of, and also have some pitfalls to avoid as well. And I should start out by saying that, first of all, we don't sell insurance. Um, we uh, advise at a very high level um, whether insurance, there's insurance need on behalf of our clients as part of the CFP curriculum, the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards financial planning process that we put all our clients through. So we, we check on their insurance coverages and we analyze their, the risks that they are assuming and those that they have transferred to a insurance company. But then if, there, if we find that there's a need, then we refer that out to uh, licensed insurance agents who would make the final determination on the right type and um, company to place that insurance with. So, you know, the concept of insurance, how insurance works is, you know, we pay a relatively small sum of money, either on a monthly or annual basis, to an insurance company. In exchange, we get that blanket coverage uh, to protect against some unforeseen loss. And it's a true annoyance of insurance that we could pay our whole lives, you know, for insurance coverage and never actually use it. You know, in the case of life insurance, you know, most people hope they don't have to use their life insurance uh, anytime soon, that's for sure. Uh, and it's also true that uh, you don't need life insurance um for your whole life, even though there are whole life insurance policies to do that. And that's a little bit more of a detail we'll get into later. But, um, but the concept of insurance is to spread the risk, pool the risk, if you will, from uh, many individuals into one big pot that 
turn over our insurance premiums to the insurance company, and then they they take that money and they reinvest it in uh, bonds and stocks for long-term growth. And then as claims come into the insurance company, then they take money out of that pot and they turn around and, and pay the claim and make their policyholders um, whole again uh, prior, to, prior to the claim. And so it's a great concept uh, that's been around for hundreds of years. And when it works, it works really good. But not everyone uses insurance the most uh, efficient way possible. So we'll talk about some of the ways that you can improve on your insurance coverage uh, and make sure you're maximizing all your financial dollars. So when you pay, pay your premiums to the insurance company, they pool the money, and then they have very sophisticated uh, Analysts, insurance analysts, uh, uh, actuaries, they're called. Actu- they, they engage in actuary science, which is very complicated probabilistic math. And while you don't need to know the technicalities of all that, they are very, insurance companies and their actuaries are very, very good at determining the probability of, in a large population, how many or what percentage of that per- population is going to make a claim in any, say, given period of time, like in any year. So of all the uh, automobiles covered, uh, about 10% uh, in the course of a year in the state of Virginia are going to file an insurance claim of the average amount of $15,000. And so they're able to sort of factor that into their analysis to determine how to price the premiums that we pay in order to get that insurance coverage. And if they're good at their job and they know what they're doing, then um, sort of the premiums we all pay uh, into the pot cover those claims that they have to pay out, plus then always, of course, a little bit extra for salaries for the insurance company and to you know pay uh, and, and to ensure there's a profit. And if it's a mutual type of insurance company where you're the policyholders are sort of quasi-owners of the insurance company, then if there's any of that, uh, of the premium left over at the end of the year, they usually pay out a dividend, uh, and give back some of that pr- those premium dollars to their policyholders as, as somewhat of a reward for being safe and, and having low claims uh, paying experience. So um, that's some of the mechanics behind the scenes of how insurance works at the high level, at the company level. When we come back from this break, we'll, we'll get into some areas of when you should buy insurance and the basic types of personal insurance. So if you want to jump in on this conversation or you have anything to talk about regarding your personal financial situation, give me a call on that studio line, 627 I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice. 
to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, check us out online at wealthwayadvisors.com. All right, tonight we're talking about insurance, the proper use of it to protect your net worth. So when should you buy insurance? Because it's not, sometimes it's mandatory. You don't have a choice uh, or it's part of a package deal um, and it's required by some other entity. And then other times a lot of it is voluntary. And um, you have to make your own mind whether a risk is worth accepting or transferring to an insurance company. So first of all, you should buy insurance when it's required by law. And it's required by law if you are uh, own a vehicle in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Then that vehicle must be covered by a certain amount of liability coverage so that if you're in an accident, then there is insurance to pay the aggrieved or damaged uh, party um, in an accident, say. So in order to have the privilege of driving, uh, you have to have your vehicle covered by uh, certain amounts of uh, insurance coverage to ensure that if there's an accident, then there's a mechanism or device to make the party whole, and that's required by law. So when it's required by law, you got to purchase the insurance. Secondly, if it's required, say, by a lender, so when you get a mortgage, right, put 20% down payment on a house, get a mortgage for 80%, that's a tr traditional starting arrangement, your house gets struck by a bolt of lightning, gets burnt to the ground, all of a sudden the bank's collateral just went from $800,000 down to zero. And yet you still owe, say, you know, $600,000 on a mortgage. Well, the bank wants its money back. The bank, bank now no longer has collateral because it's been damaged in um, apparel. And then you can, without insurance, you could ostensibly just walk away from the mortgage and say, I'm not paying it because I don't have a house anymore. And then the bank says, well, I'll reclaim your house and I'll sell. Well, there's no house to foreclose upon and resell. So the bank is at risk if there is a significant damage to uh, your house, your collateral for the mortgage. Banks require you to have homeowner's insurance, and they require you to have it in certain amounts and certain types of coverages, and you're not going to get a mortgage without one. So it's required by a lender. Same type of deal when you buy a car. If you finance the car, then the, um, then the bank is going to want to make sure that you have coverage, not just liability uh, coverage for the vehicle, but also uh, collision and other types of damage repair uh, insurance protection because if that if their collateral that vehicle gets damaged somehow or a tree limb falls on it through no fault of anyone else it still needs to be repaired and if it's not repaired then their collateral is now worth much less potentially much less than what you owe on it and they just want to be paid back as agreed and if you can't do that then they want to take something of value that the loan is attached to, the vehicle, and, um, and then uh, sell it to get paid back. Well, if your vehicle is damaged and is total loss, then that insurance company will first pay back the lender anything that you owe to the bank, and if there's anything left over, 
they pay out any value above the loan amount, then you get to keep the rest and buy a new car or get the car repaired. Uh, if it was total loss, well, I, I guess I get it repaired first of all, and if it's a total loss, then that's when the bank gets uh, paid, uh, the loan gets paid back first, and if there's anything left over, then you get that to put to the purchase of a new car. So if it's required by a lender, uh, that's another time when you need to buy insurance. And then finally, and probably most applicable, is the insurance that you choose to purchase yourself that's not required by anybody, but you feel um, that there are particular risks that you can't assume or can't afford to cover easily. And that's really the main metric, I would say, for a lot of decision-making. When you have a... When you are exposed to a potential large financial loss that would be devastating to your financial plan, your financial foundation, um, your, fi your net worth, then it can be prudent to purchase life in uh, insurance protection to cover any unexpected loss because what you – once you get into a deep financial hole, it's very difficult to get out of. And so for the comfort and peace of mind of knowing that if a bad cal calamity befalls you, you have an insurance company who can stroke a check and at least financially help you pick up the pieces and rebuild. And this is where a lot of people have, I think, misconceptions on what insurance is for and how it should be used. Um, so, you know, one of the things you want to be thinking about is when you need to buy insurance it is you want to insure the losses you can't afford to absorb. So, a uh, traditional example, a trip to the emergency room in an ambulance, okay? You fall down the stairs, you break your ankle, you take a ride in, in an ambulance, you go to an emergency room, you get your ankle uh, put in the cast, and they drive you uh, back home in a, in a medically approved vehicle, okay? Right there, you're looking at mm, at least $25,000, maybe upwards of $50,000 for that one medical visit. And that's just something relatively re easy and routine. $50,000, that's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. So we have health insurance that covers that type of calamity. And so that's a big type of risk, or, or I should say it's a low probability risk, but an expensive one if it were to come to pass. Now, because it's a relatively low probability event, the cost to insure that type of risk is typically relatively low because it's not likely to happen. How many times over your lifetime, you know, you're going to fall down the stairs and you know, go to the emergency room? Well, depends on how clumsy you are, I suppose. But uh, that's a rare event for most people. So those are relatively um, cheap to um, cover. But then we have the other types of insurance coverage through the using, staying with the health insurance example of a routine office visit at your primary care physician and you're just going for a wellness visit. Uh, and through your health insurance, that wellness visit only costs you $20 copay. Hmm. 
Okay. Well, what would a wellness visit at your primary care physician cost anyway? Well, let's see. There's a the time. There's 15 minutes. There's a you know blood, the height, weight. They take your blood pressure. Maybe some lab tests. Uh, it's about $250. Well, $250. I can pay for that out of cash flow. So why am I insuring that and paying only a $20 copay? Not an efficient use. We're going to talk more about that when we come back from the break. 627-7979. I'm Certified Financial Planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense. News Talk 790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can check us out online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for, just to send you the information that you request. Or if you Got some nuanced questions, want to speak to a live human being, give us a call at the office, 456-2200. Want to remind everybody, our next live show will be uh, actually in three weeks, um, on Tuesday, September 12th at 6 p.m. as usual. Three weeks, just based on the way the calendar falls this month. Um, So next live show, September 12th. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m., Get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen to us at your convenience. And if you're into social media, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn. Search for Wealthway Financial Advisors. Hit that like button. And usually about once a week, we put up a financial planning-oriented post. All right, tonight we're talking about the efficient use of insurance and the effective use of it to protect your net worth. You know, went to went through sort of the why you need insurance, how insurance works at the uh, corporate level, when you need to buy insurance, or when you should buy insurance, and so let's talk a little bit about the basic types of insurance that I've alluded to throughout the conversation already. So. Most of these are familiar to uh, everyone who's uh, an adult and in the real world nowadays. As soon as you know, get that first job, get that first car, uh, life comes at you real fast. And uh, there are a lot more expenses to owning a car or owning a house or even being a renter than just you know paying the basic expenses. Uh, insurance usually tags along as with the utilities and with gas and repairs and all that type of thing. So we got residential um, uh, insurance coverage. That's for a home, a condo, co-op, renter's insurance. Um, protects the dwelling uh, that you live in and protects your stuff that's inside the house to a certain extent. So that if a calamity were to befall the residents, then you get paid back something from the insurance company to try to replace 
all that, uh, all those valuables. Uh, then, of course, there's car insurance and other vehicles like motorcycles and boats. Sometimes some expensive bikes can be covered by insurance, the road bikes, uh, scooters, uh, anything that's going to be on a public roadway uh, requires some form of insurance coverage, uh, usually required by the state. Then, of course, there's uh, health insurance, you know, health insurance that we need uh, in case we go to the emergency room unexpectedly and have some significant uh, expenses or we find ourselves uh, needing an operation of some sort, then that's when we're going to find out that, uh, you know, one Tylenol pill might be $100 at, at the hospital. Uh, as soon as you cross the threshold, uh, expenses add up real quick. So it's prudent to have health insurance. And then another type of insurance that most people I don't think tend to have, but it's a real good idea to have once you have a certain level of net worth, is uh, a, an umbrella liability policy. Uh, we often recommend this to our clients um, because they have typically fairly high net worth. You want to sort of put a blanket over all of it or as much of it as you can, at least from a liability standpoint, so that if you're involved in a serious accident and you are found to be liable for having caused that accident, and most likely it would end up in court, um, you could be sued then the, um, your insurance coverage for your automobile uh, only goes so high, typically around $300,000 or something like that, three to $500,000. Well, you get, uh, and if you're sued for more than that, then, then your net worth, your savings, your investments are at risk. So for very low costs, we often recommend that clients get a umbrella lo- liability policy that covers, like an umbrella, covers your, sits on top of your homeowner's liability, and then covers those types of losses in excess of the basic levels of coverage of auto and homeowner's insurance. And so for, usually you get like a million dollars worth of coverage for only a couple hundred, maybe three hundred dollars a year uh, of expense. And so that's a very efficient use of insurance. You put that big umbrella over everything. You got that peace of mind. You sleep easy at night and only cost you a few hundred bucks a year. So a very good, um, efficient use of insurance is a personal liability umbrella policy. And then, you know, while you, you can usually bundle different types of insurance coverages at one company, not all companies uh, specialize in every type of coverage. And actually, usually each company specializes in a different type of coverages. So while it can be very convenient um, and easy to package multiple lines of insurance under one carrier, and that often comes with its own set of discounts doing that. So usually that's the right situation for most basic insurance needs. But if your insurance needs are more complex or they are much higher than normal, say you're, you know, maybe your house is $5 million, $6 million, that puts you in a different category than your 
typical State Farm or Allstate uh, nationwide uh, homeowners insurance coverage on a $300,000 home, say. So it pays to shop around. Uh, you hear that a lot. Uh, there's also specialty insurance um, companies that deal in unique coverages and specialty lines of coverages, high dollar amount of coverages. Um, basically, almost anything that any almost any type of risk that you'd be willing to transfer to an insurance company, there's a company out there that that is willing to take it. Um, and in fact, the uh, the the Lloyd's of London, um, which many people are sort of familiar with the name of, of it's like an insurance marketplace, insurance exchange, where the big companies come together and trade off risks amongst themselves. So anyway, um, you know, there through that mechanism, that vehicle, that's where you get some really crazy, outlandish. Uh, insurance policies um, that are specially written for like maybe one individual. Uh, I got a couple fun examples uh, that I might get to before the end of the show. So anyway, uh, try to bundle where you can if your insurance needs are basic, but know if you have out-of-the-box types of insurance coverage, probably want to shop that around through an insurance broker uh, that can help find the best deal for you. All right. Uh, And then I want to I want to delve a little bit deeper into um, some of the most common types of insurance that we all pretty much have, and that's health, uh, life insurance, and then maybe disability through work. So I, you know, I was talking a little bit earlier about health insurance, um, and, and that's one of the areas where we see people use insurance inefficiently. So you, you want your best efficient use of insurance is to cover those uh, high-dollar losses that are rare and unlikely to happen but would be catastrophic to your financial situation if they did occur. So you essentially want to insure the high end of the risks. What you don't want to do is insure the low end of the risk. Like I would in the previous example about going to the doctor's office, if it's a wellness visit, probably if you paid under the insurance regime, but um, uh, because healthcare in America basically requires insurance, and that's a whole separate conversation discussion that I can't get into tonight. But let's just uh, you know say you, you need some form of insurance cover. You need a card, right? You know, um, but a lot of people have really low deductibles on their health insurance. And we've been trained to think that an office visit is a $20 copay. And, oh, God forbid, if it's 25 or something like that, then what's going on here? You know, that's not an efficient use of insurance for common, routine medical services and devices because those aren't really that expensive in, the most, in, in most instances. The unforeseen visit to the emergency room? Yeah. That's expensive. The routine, common wellness visit to your uh, doctor once or twice a year? No, that's typically not that expensive. So using your deductible as as a device to lever your the amount of insurance coverage can then 
determine the uh, monthly premium that you pay. And the more, the higher your deductible, which that is the portion of the insurance policy that you, the insured, is responsible for paying, the higher the deductible, the more risk you are willing to assume of the on the low end, on those wellness visits, of the uh, prescriptions, say, uh, of reasonable costs. If you're willing to pay for those out of pocket, then you can afford a higher deductible which means you get to enjoy a lower insurance premium. So we are, you know, financial planning 101. You need your emergency fund. Three to six months of household expenses, okay? So that emergency fund is kind of like your deductible cushion. So when you go to uh, a doctor and you go uh, um, to uh, the pharmacy and it's a couple hundred dollars, then that should be, for most people, able to be paid out of pocket. You don't need a $20 copay to, to, to make up the other $180 difference there. And, and because if you do, if your copay is that low, then you're just going to be paying it to the insurance company through larger and premiums anyway. You're just trading dollars with the insurance company, and they always win that in, you know, in the long run. So use your emergency fund as your deductible cushion. Allow your, for those who have a healthy um, emergency fund, and then raise that deductible. Assume more of the risk on the low end and enjoy a lower monthly premium. All right, I got more about insurance when we come back from the break. If you want to jump in on the conversation, give me a call in the studio line, 627-7979. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com. Once there, you can request an, inf- an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog boxes there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll ship that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you want to talk to a live human being, Give us a call at the office, 456-2200. Our next live show will be in three weeks, just based on the way the calendar falls this month. Three weeks on Tuesday, September 12th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch the show live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, get it as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen when you're ready. All right, if you didn't hear the first half of the show i had a little sad announcement to make i'm gonna make it again for anyone who didn't catch that first half many listeners know my broadcast partner allison debril had been on a summer sabbatical she was recharging reinvigorating it was going great and well it 
turned out to be so successful that she decided to extend it indefinitely. And um, she enjoyed her time uh, on the sabbatical so much that really caused her to, to take stock and reevaluate um, where she was at this stage of her life. And she just decided to step away from the workforce for the time being going to take an extended break. And so we wish her well. Uh, she was a great addition to this show and a great addition to our company. And uh, um, we can't, uh, you know, we we wish she could be here right now, but uh, we know that she's uh, she's doing what she really wants to do at this point in time, and I, I respect that. So I'm here to uh, carry on the torch with the uh, objective, unbiased financial advice. Tonight we're talking about uh, insurance and the proper use of insurance, the efficient use of insurance, how to use it to protect your net worth. Uh, before the break, I was delving a little deeper into the proper use of health insurance, you know, the concept of High deductibles gets you a lower insurance premium, makes that insurance more affordable. That's one of the reasons why we love high deductible health plans. You know, when they first were coming into popularity around the time of Obamacare, uh, there, there was a lot of shrieking and teeth gnashing about high deductible health plans, low quality health insurance. No. No, no, it's not. It's just a different way of insuring the the cost of healthcare services. And by the way, people conflate these terms all the time. Health insu- health, they say healthcare when they mean health insurance, right? You you don't technically you don't need health insurance to get health care. Health insurance is just a mechanism to help pay for health care. So. Um, so high deductible health plans, so that means uh, your deductible is the portion that you have to pay, not the insurance company. You assume more of that risk on the low end, and then you use, in conjunction with your high deductible health plan, you are eligible to contribute to a health savings account. And this is a special type of savings account, uh, sort of like a your emergency fund is an, a medical emergency fund that you can contribute to. Uh, it's a triple tax advantage. We love we love that. It's extremely tax advantage. You get a tax deduction for the money that goes into the health savings account. Uh, any interest or growth that happens in that health savings account uh, happens tax uh, deferred while it's in the account and. Once you build up some critical mass, say $10,000 or more, you can invest. A lot of health savings accounts provider provide investment options, so you can invest your health savings dollars as well for growth. And then when the money comes out ultimately for qualified health care expenses, then it comes out tax-free as well. And on top of that, there's another bonus. At age 65, you can take the money out of the health savings account for any purpose, not just for qualified medical expenses. Now, if you take it out that way, uh, you do have to pay tax on the withdrawal amount, just like you would from a traditional IRA. Uh, That comes out as ordinary income, but there's no penalty uh, at age 65 or older. So we absolutely love the idea of a high-deductible health plan with a health savings account, a very efficient use of uh, tax dollars to protect against uh, the high cost of medical expenses. 
Then I want to uh, say a word about uh, life insurance because that's another, probably between health insurance, uh, uh, residential insurance, homeowners insurance, uh, auto insurance, life insurance is uh, another big insurance coverage that a lot of us have. And life insurance is very important when we are relatively young and we have other people who are dependent upon us or our income generating ability um, for their happiness, their for their own livelihood. So you know the typical you know parent who is in the workforce earns income, has a spouse, has kids. Uh, they need those that spouse and those kids need that uh, breadwinner's income in order to maintain their lifestyle. Well, you want to ensure the breadwinner's life, uh, um, uh, life against a early demise because if that were to happen, the income stops. No pay coming into the house. So you got a spouse who needs some income. You got some kids. They need food. They got clothes. You got mortgages. You got. You might want to make sure that they have uh, money set aside for higher education. There's a lot of unmet financial needs if they're if the main breadwinner meets an early demise. That's a good use of life insurance. You want to insure that person's life against their. And, and by the way, that's a misnomer. You're not insuring the life. You're insuring their income stream. Uh, but we call it life insurance. Um, and so, from our perspective, though, from a, a long-term financial planning standpoint. You want that insurance coverage for a set period of time. You don't typically need insurance coverage over your entire life because if you do your financial planning properly, as time goes along, as you continue to save money, you build your emergency fund, you invest in your 401k plan, you set aside other money for um, additional uh, expenses in a brokerage account. You get the kids uh, out of the house and on their own two feet, uh, whether it's through college or, or right into the workforce. Then you have less dependents who are needful of you. And then you build up your nest egg, and then you can find, and then that need for insurance eventually goes away. So term insurance is typically our best device. That's all the time I have for tonight. Going to be back in three weeks. We'll see you then. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS.